This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Uh, Naz, uh, before I turn it over to you, it's Mother's Day. We obviously uh, would be remiss. Uh, it's a very important day in the year, and obviously we want to uh, give our best wishes to all the mothers in the world. I've got uh, three of them that I'm still very involved with and fortunate to still have in my life. My mother, my mother-in-law, both uh, Maria and Maria Pia, and, of course, my wife, Rita. Uh, so to all the special mothers out there, uh, have a wonderful day, Naz. I know you, uh, you've you got some thoughts on this, so I'll, give, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, happy Mother's Day to uh, Mary Lane, my wife, and um, Teresa, my mother-in-law. Very important people. Certainly are. Uh, anyways, uh, just give everyone a roadmap of where we're going with the show today. Uh, big week down at the uh, Air Canada Centre, or uh, it is. It still is the Air Canada Centre for another uh, another couple of months, and then I think they're changing Scotia the Bank. name, the Scotia Bank Place, or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, you know what? It's like it's like it's like the Rogers Dome. I, 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 I to me, it's still the Sky Dome. I can't get mm-hmm. Sky Dome out of my mind. So I, I'm almost never call it the Rogers Dome, and just see how long it's going to take me to. Change change it, get the air ACC out of my mind. That's going to take a while. Uh, but certainly uh, big news out of there. So uh, uh, shortly after the first break, we'll be talking to Leo Routens, Raptors analyst, uh, talking about the Raptors. Of course, Dwayne Casey's no longer the coach of the Toronto Raptors, and that was certainly a controversial decision. We'll chat about that. And a huge announcement from Vaughn City Hall uh, this week. Uh, a new soccer team is going to debut in York region. Region. And uh, it's going to be, it's called York Nine Football Club, and we'll be talking to the first TFC captain, uh, Jim Brennan, who's very involved, executive vice president and director of soccer for the York Nine. Uh, certainly an exciting uh, exciting times in soccer in the Toronto area, and a new league is forming and a new team that's creating a buzz up in. Vaughn and in all of the nine York region municipalities. So we're certainly looking forward to talking. You and Naz, you and I both being York region guys, the homeboys, uh, certainly we're thrilled to talk about that. And Naz, uh, I want to announce, uh, uh, might, as well, uh, might as well do it now. You've got some tickets uh, that two. you can't utilize today. So uh, go ahead and uh, explain all that to our I listeners. Have two tickets for the Blue Jays versus Boston this afternoon at 107. First 20,000 people get Kevin Pillar's uh, sweaters, sh- shirts, right? So uh, you've got two, and I've looked at uh, looked at the seats, Naz. Those are pretty good seats. They're right uh, behind home plate, 16 rows. Beautiful seats. So that, uh, you'd have to, well, arrange up, um, how you get them afterwards, but call in quick. Here, here are the numbers, 416 
360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Late addition to our show, we've got two fabulous tickets to the Blue Jay game this afternoon. Give us a call. First caller gets those tickets. We'll make arrangements to get them in your hands. 416-360-0740. Naz, a lot of things going on in sports. Uh, let's, uh, let's take it to the game last night. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Knights, the first game of the series. Uh, you and I are both, I think, of the opinion um, and the Winnipeg Jets look like they may have uh, Stanley Cup maybe going out uh, out west to Manitoba this year. Uh, if I was to uh, if I was to lay a, a five dollar bill down right now, I'd probably pick the Jets. What uh, What are you seeing there? Ness? I see the same thing. Uh, they were outclassed. They outclassed Vegas last night, and Dustin Bufflin looks absolutely massive out there. He has been incredible. What a hockey player that guy is. And you know what the Leafs are in need of is somebody like that back on the blue line. Incredible player. <laughs> you know, they, you know yeah, I, cer- I, certainly I, the Leafs are in need, but they're they're not easy to come by. No, guys. no, they're not. And he developed. It took him time to develop because he, he was a forward with Chicago, and then he went back to defense. He's been up and back. And he is a he's, really he, he's good an player. absolute uh, he's an absolute force back there. And you know what? When when yeah, you know, he was he was part of the 2010 Chicago Blackhawk uh, Stanley Cup winning team, and then he left. Uh, I guess he was into free agency or got a better contract. Mm-hmm. And when when he left Chicago, I said, "What are you doing? Um, here is a young defenseman, um, uh, just." Just about, you know, not not in his prime at that time, but he was he was. You could see, uh, you know, uh, you know, you have a defenseman with the physical uh, presence of a Dustin Bufflin in the sweet spot in terms of his age. You know, he's he's not, uh, you know, he's not. A, he wasn't a ten million dollar player at the time, and, and you let that kind of guy go. Um, it didn't make any sense to me at that time, and man, would Chicago love to have him in their lineup? And you know, when when the Chicago Blackhawk brain trust and they got some pretty bright guys over there, and uh, it behooves me to uh, you know to to be critical of Scotty Bowman, and I'd certainly uh, I don't want to do that. A uh, legend of his type, but. Uh, they really got to be thinking. Why isn't Why isn't Dustin Bufflin still wearing a Chicago Blackhawk you know, uniform? He's, he's making seven point eight million dollars. I didn't think he was making yeah. that kind of money, but I I checked and it's huge. That's big money for a defenseman now, but he's worth it. And uh, the least that's the type of guy that you you build your team around. And and he has not got a lot of mileage on him either. Like some of these guys, like Drew Doughty, right? He's going into free agency next year. He's got a lot. Of, he's yeah. got a, a lot of uh, mileage on that body. He's played a lot of playoffs. He's played Team Canada. He's played all over the place. And he, I'm not so sure that I would go after a guy like that, just based on the fact he's got so much mileage on him. Yeah, we, we've had that discussion. Certainly, there's a lot of risk reward in Drew Doughty. Um, Drew Doughty, when he, um, you know, I've always. You know, for a few years, I considered him the best player in hockey, and I can still make that argument. Um, but you're right, Naz. He's he's got a lot of miles in those legs. Came up at the age of 19, uh, played like a star for Canada in, uh, in the 2010 Olympics in in uh, in Vancouver. And I mean, I remember watching him at 19. I said, "My God, I can't believe a hockey player is that good at the age of 19." But since then, 
between all the playoff series with the with the uh, with the Kings and uh, playing for Team Canada, uh, Olympics, uh, always going deep into the playoffs. You know that's that's got to and playing thirty minutes a game or twenty eight mm-hmm. thirty minutes a game. That's got to wear you out. So, yeah, you know somebody who signs Drew Doughty is going to pay a lot of money and is going to take a lot of risk because yes, you're you're paying somebody ten to twelve million dollars a year and you're probably giving him. You know he's probably going to max out seven years, seven year contract. Uh, that's there's a lot of risk in that. Uh, uh, we a couple of minutes uh, before we go to break and we switch the switch gears to basketball. Uh, Kyle Dubas, we talked about it last week. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, we had Mr. Franceschetti here last week, and we were talking about whether it was going to be Dubas and Mark Hunter, and the consensus was. Uh, amongst us older guys in studio that, you know, Mike, Mike, Mark Hunter uh, might be the better general manager, and that's not the way it turned out. And having watched Dubas in action, it, i got to be quite frank, uh, didn't know much about him other than, of course, that he was, you know, working in that Leaf Brain Trust. Uh, obviously knew he had uh, worked his way up through the... Uh, ranks with the Sioux Greyhounds and uh, started working as a scout with the Greyhounds at 17, became their general manager, and then, you know, has been with the Leafs, uh, you know, since 2014 or or thereabouts. Um, And he's 32 years old, and he looks like he's 22. And I guess that sort of leads people to the wrong impression that, you know, we've got this concern that maybe we've got another John Ferguson Jr. But i got to be honest with you, I was impressed. I was impressed about why he handled himself. Now that I know a little bit more about him, I think I more understand why Brendan Shanahan wanted to make this move. Um, you know, the hockey's hockey's about the future. It's not about the past. And um, he's obviously a very intelligent young man. Um, and and the the game has changed. And you know you know the game is moving towards uh, younger players. A different speed skill set, the mentality of the game has changed, and you know maybe you know it's become a young man's game. In the uh, it's become a young man's game on on the ice. Maybe it's now it's time. You know Shannon had had a choice and said, "Let's move it to the young dynamic guy." And um, maybe it's not such a bad choice now. You got to give him a chance, right? He could he could perform very well. You never know. But I I, I really think that Mark Hunter. Three years ago, I remember him saying he wasn't interested in that job, but I guess he was now, and Shannon said that he was. He would have been a good choice, too, but uh, give uh, give the kid a chance and let him go. Now, we everybody talks about Lou Lamarillo. We'll get into this after because you know how I feel about Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. Um, he didn't make that many great moves, to tell you the truth, with the hockey team. And we we will go through that at the end of the show. But, yeah, uh, I'd like you to bring that up. Wally. Yeah, certainly uh, with Lamorello, um, he didn't make. You know, he's 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 not a, he's not a, a huge risk taker, from what I can tell. Um, um, you know, his contracts him to be on the margins. You know, fill in a defenseman here for a couple of years at a million and a half, two million. Didn't want to give out the big money. The big, I guess, the big signing was Marlow at at six million. Um, and I mean, you can also say he didn't make any really bad moves either. Well, I mean, Volcanic Volcanic wasn't a great move. Um, Boyle, yeah, but, uh, Boyle you know, the year before, Winnipeg goes and gets Paul Stastny, and look at him right in the playoffs. He was a top-notch center yeah, from St. Louis. Is, yeah. So you know they're getting these guys, and we get Placanic and Boyle. 
Right. Anyways, uh, we'll talk about that. Well, later. well certainly, we'll, hopefully, at the bottom of the hour, we'll have a chance to, to talk a little bit more about that. We've got to go to break. Before we go to break, we still have these baseball tickets. It's, you know, they're fabulous seats, 16 rows up uh, this afternoon. Give us a call, 416-360-0740, Two baseball tickets for this afternoon's game. The Red Sox are in town. Should be a beautiful day, day down at the, uh, at the Rogers Dome. Uh, so give us a call, 416-360-0740, one 740 Four seven four zero. We'll be right back with Leo Rodens. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced their loyalty program, but some listeners thought I was saying royalty program. <coughs> to be clear, Pizzaville cannot get you into the royal family. Stop that. However, after your sixth online order, you'll get a large pizza of your choice free with your seventh order, and that'll make you feel like a king or queen. Oh, boy. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village on uh, the new AM 740 and listening in downtown Toronto. We're also on 96.7 FM. Live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Raptors analyst, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, um, just uh, want to get into it really quickly, Leo. Uh, last week we chatted about the, Ra- uh, we, the Raptors were behind the eight ball. They uh, lost the series, and uh, quite frankly... I think we were all surprised that uh, the Raptors let Dwayne Casey go. Dwayne Casey is a much beloved coach. He's as respected as anybody 
in the game of base in the game of basketball. He's beloved. Uh, Leo, were you surprised that the Raptors let Dwayne Casey go? Well, at this point, you know, I, I don't think I'm surprised by much of anything. I think, you know, teams and general managers, you know, their search they search to do different things to make their teams better. And I, I think it's just kind of ironic that over the years, how many people have called for Casey's head and blamed him for, you know, all the misfortunes of the Raptors, and yet now the same people are up in arms that, you know, he was let go. Uh, Dwayne Casey was a tremendous coach. Uh, I thought he did an excellent job. And the unfortunate part in sports is that, you know, uh, easiest change to make is a coach. Uh, you know, that's, that's a change of one, not a change of the 12. And at the same time, sometimes, no matter how good a coach is, uh, you, sometimes you just need a change of voice, uh, a, different, a different voice in the locker room. And, you know, I'm not uh, privy to everything that goes on inside that locker room or Messiah Jury's relationship with Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. Uh, I can only say that from watching it and listening to Masai and, and talking to him about having to make this decision, it was an extremely difficult one. Uh, and as, as much as you feel bad for Dwayne Casey, you have to also – uh, realize, you know, because it was such a difficult decision that it took a lot of guts because the backlash uh, is pretty strong. And quite honestly, the backlash can be severe a year from now. And if that decision was the wrong one, and we're not going to know that. That's why at this point, you really can't condemn or defend uh, that decision because we just don't know and we won't know until uh, next year at this time. Leo, we have to. I have to give you a lot of credit this year because you kept uh, telling me. I asked you three or four times about how the um, Raptors would do, would get to the final finally, and you said to me, "There's one thing stopping the, every team in that division, and that's LeBron James." And you were absolutely correct. Well, <laughs> so, you know, uh, everybody during the whole season when they're talking about chaos and turmoil and all this other garbage in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm not buying. I'm not buying any of it. Uh, this guy has steamrolled the Eastern Conference uh, for the last seven years. Uh, you know, uh, some of the numbers, you know, since he got back to Cleveland in 2015-16, I mean, that year he took down a 73-win Golden State team. Uh, mm-hmm. Since since he's been in Cleveland, he's taken down a 60-win Atlanta Hawks team. He's taken down, the, last year he took the first seed Atlanta Hawks. He swept seven out of the 11 series He's been in, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the record is 44 and eight, with the Raptors having two of those uh, wins against the Cavaliers over that stretch. So uh, this isn't a Raptor thing. This isn't a Dwayne Casey thing. This is the entire Eastern Conference. He's t- he's completely torn apart, and you know, fans, Raptor fans, don't like to hear it, but he's that good. <laughs> and not only is he good enough to beat you, but he's good enough. To make you look really bad, which is what we saw when the Raptors played in two of those games. He made the Raptors look disoriented. He made them look almost like you, you, you give that feeling like it looks like you don't care. You're not trying. You are trying. I mean, this is the pros. This is the playoffs. Everybody's trying. But he, what he does is he raises his level, his team's level, and he lowers yours by what he's capable of doing. And when you put it all together, uh, that's what you have, and that's what we've seen in the Eastern Conference. So 
like I said, I wasn't buying any of the, uh, this is your window. Your window to beat LeBron is when you beat LeBron. Not on, not, not on, and there's no speculating between then and the time it happens. Yeah, Leo, I remember him uh, be, almost beating him single-handedly. <laughs> Cleveland had all those injuries, and he almost beat Golden State himself uh, one year. And he, he's an absolutely incredible player. Now, I want to get back to uh, Messiah Jury a bit. Do you feel that um, um, the change of uh, offense, offense of systems hurt the Raptors in the end, or did it help them? No, I mean, uh, they, they had to make the changes that they did, and it resulted in a 59-win season. Uh, so the changes were good. But, you know, I, I think, again, it goes back to what I was just saying. LeBron James can make you look really bad. And, and this is where it comes down to your players. A coach, a coach can give you all the plays. A coach can give you all the defensive strategies. But when the offense and the guy you're playing against is, and LeBron James knows everything you're trying to do, and knows everything, every tendency and every weakness that you have. And when I say every, I'm not exaggerating here. This guy studies, watches film, knows the game, understands the game. He's faced everything anybody can throw at him, and he just understands it better than you do. And so what happens is, yeah, the Raptors, but you got to remember, they won 59 games. They had some setbacks during the year where you could tell they reverted back at times to mm-hmm. the way they played in the past. What James does is he's going to take all the things away from you that you think you want to get. He's going to push you to the tendencies that you have. Again, you don't just get old habits just don't die. You try to correct them, and you try to fix them. You try to limit the time they surface. And what he did is he made them surface at every opportunity. And, you know, it's not just him. I mean, he's surrounded by guys. If you look at the guys on the floor, you had guys that had, you know, Game 7 championship experience on the floor. And these guys, these guys, it's not that they're supremely talented. It's just that they know how to play. They know, they, they, they react to James, they play off of James. And, and like I said, you know, your, your Raptors basketball IQ becomes limited when he starts taking things away and you have an inability to react properly to it. And quite honestly, that you're not, you're not going to change who you are as a player uh, or a team in one season, despite no, no matter how much success you've had in that season. Uh, Leo, we've been uh, we're talking Leo Routens. Uh, you know, the frustrating part about what happened is that you know it's like a couple of weeks ago we went we we went into a series with the Cleveland Cavaliers that we thought we had a reasonable chance of winning or at least competing. Uh, you know, the the Cavaliers had a tough time subduing the Indiana Pacers. And they seemed tired, and you know, Raptors should have won Game One, and then it just completely, and utterly unraveled. Um, uh, and, and that was a frustrating part about all of this. It almost seems like Dwayne Casey uh, seems to have been fired on the basis of one playoff series, and that's that's what I find tremendously unfair about all this. But go, going back to that series. Um, you know, Indiana seemed to have had, I don't know, a better game plan or a better way of dealing with the Cavaliers. It, it, you know, I, I know you don't like to be critical. Uh, uh, were there any adjustments that you saw that perhaps uh, Casey might or should have used? And, may, and I'm sure he'd look back on it now, too, as well. Um, anything the Raptors could have done any differently to have been a little bit more competitive in that series? Uh, yeah, they could have locked LeBron James' hotel room. <laughs> I think that would have been that would have been the best thing they could have done. Look, Matthew yeah. Jury didn't didn't 
fire Dwayne Casey because of this series. Okay, he's not a knee-jerk GM. He's proven that throughout his tenure. He hasn't he hasn't done that to a player nor his coaches. And you know, he gives you a lot of opportunities. And you know, he said something in 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 this playoff where you know the Raptors lost two games to Washington. A lot of people were 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 upset, and they came through with flying colors. And then they go into the Eastern Conference semis with Cleveland, and they lose that game one, which was a which was really the tipping point. I mean, they just didn't recover mentally from that loss. And Masai had to ask himself, why? What was the difference between losing to Washington, bouncing right back, taking care of that series, and not being able to recover from a game one loss? And and then subsequently to a game three loss, where they looked devastated in both both following games. And that's where, that's where you got to look at everything. And, it's, and again, it's, it, I don't think the changes have ended. I mean, it's not just going to be Dwayne Casey. I think there are going to be other changes, and he's going to do what he can within the restrictions of the, of the union and the contracts and, and all that and, and the fi- and, uh, financial figures involved. But also to your point of Indiana, that, you know, this is a matchup-driven league, and Indiana matches up better. In, in, in a Cleveland matchup, and they've proven that during the regular season. And, you know, also I thought it was a great time to play Cleveland in the first round because Love was hurt. George Hill, who had a great series against the Raptors, was hurt. And they just they just play the right way. They play. You have to play Cleveland with a level of toughness that goes beyond execution. You just got to be you just got to be a dog. And, and I think Raptors lack a few dogs. And that was that was evident in the series. I think also Boston. Uh, I think is going to be able to uh, play Cleveland in a similar fashion to Indiana because of the nature of the players that they have uh, as far as matchup goes. So, um, you know, it, again, it's a very much a matchup-driven league, and, 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 you know, the Raptors are going to have to make some adjustments if they're going to continue to face uh, LeBron James and the Cavaliers, uh, you know, if he does, depending on what he does going forward. Talking to Leo Routens. Leo, one last question, and we'll let you go and and, and uh, celebrate uh, Mother's Day. Uh, um, is there you see any uh, what what would it take uh, to knock off uh, the Golden State Warriors? They're obviously the the favorites from here on in. And uh, what would it uh, what would it take? Which team could possibly do it, and how would they go about doing it? Well, you're going to see two potential opportunities one Houston uh, if they can do it and then whoever comes out of the east which I'm betting on the Cavaliers so uh, and both are very very different you know who Houston's going to try to to outshoot them outrun them uh, and out defend them which uh, they're not as good a defensive team as Golden State and uh, as good a shooting team as they are I'd still put my money on Golden State and uh, you know, Cleveland has had some failures. You know, people talk about if they want to use that for an excuse, some Raptors of failures in the playoffs. Well, Cle- uh, Houston and James Harden have had their failures as well. So uh, Golden State is a team with a tremendous amount of confidence. So uh, I don't know if Houston can beat them. And then if it is Cleveland, uh, for example, coming out of the East, uh, obviously LeBron James is smart enough to understand how he has to play them, and he's going to alter the game as much as he can to Cleveland's favor. I just don't know uh, if their depth is enough to beat the Golden State Warriors. Uh, if, if, if LeBron had a couple more guys or flip the coin, if the players that they have 
that played extremely well against Toronto uh, all step up, as well as some of the other guys on the bench that didn't play as well, if they all come up with, you know, do nothing more than play to your potential. Everybody do exactly what they anticipated you could do when they signed you for the season. Then they got a chance, too, because LeBron, LeBron has the ability to control the game. Uh, and one of the things you can't do is what, when you play Golden State, you can't let your offense hurt you, and you better be great defensively. We've been talking to Leo Routens. Leo, we're going to let you go. Uh, at this point in time, I'm going to take the opportunity of thanking you. Uh, you know, this is uh, sort of a wrap-up for the season, so uh, it's going to be a while probably before we chat again uh, on, on, on the air anyways. So hopefully we cross paths. I uh, just want to thank you on behalf of myself and Naz. You've been always generous with your time. You take the time for us. Uh, you explain basketball to our listeners. Uh, we, uh, we always know your passion and your energy and your love for basketball, and that always comes through in the interviews. And sincerely, Leo, thanks so much. I hope to talk to you soon. Well, thank you so much, and I always appreciate being on. You guys uh, do a great job, and uh, also a happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Thanks so much, Leo. Keep well, my friend. Thank you. Take care. That, of course, was Leo Routens. Uh, before we go to break, Naz, uh, um, you wrote, you had, we had an interesting, uh, in a couple of minutes, because we've got to get to Jim Brennan. Um, uh, before the show, you were, you were talking about, uh, and we had Butch Carter on the show last Sunday. Um, you talked about uh, potential Raptors coach, and uh, you brought up the name Why Butch, Butch Carter. Why not him? Uh, there's, there's a lot, no, you know, we've chatted with Butch over the years and we know, we know his basketball insights and uh, we know, uh, we know how smart of a basketball man. And I, you know, given, given, uh, our, you know, the, the amount of times we've chatted with Butch, I'd love to see Butch as, uh, as a coach, but, um, with the Raptors, but I doubt very much it's going to happen for a lot of different reasons. He hasn't been coaching in the NBA for a while, and sometimes the perception is we chat with Butch every now and then, and we understand how much he understands the he, game. He has his pulse, and, and, and I think the young players. But you know, you know, the, the time moves on, <clears throat> and if there's an opportunity available for Butch in the league, um, I mean, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him coaching again. Um, uh, but my my instinct tells me it's not going to happen. But I'd love to see it. Well, he never got a second chance with, with anybody, right? Yeah. For a lot of for a lot of very, reasons. Very knowledgeable basketball. Yeah. Right? Very he, knowledgeable. His uh, his exit from the Raptors still uh, is controversial. All these years later, uh, he's explained it a zillion times. He thought it got miscommunicated or misinterpreted. He had some personality conflicts, perhaps, with, with Petty and Grunwald, but uh, uh, we can't solve that problem today. We've got to go to break because we've got to talk with uh, Jim Brennan about a new soccer league, the Canadian Premier Soccer League, uh, which is going to be starting in one of the new franchises, is York 9 FC. And we'll chat about that right after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced their loyalty programme. But some listeners thought I was saying royalty programme. <coughs> to be clear, Pizzaville cannot get you into the royal family. Stop that. However, after your sixth online order, you'll get a large pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. And that'll make you feel like a king or queen. Oh boy. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. 
Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Wally Sports Hour, we are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Jim Brennan. Jim Brennan, of course, is... uh, one of Canada's most uh, noted uh, soccer players. He's in the Canada's uh, Soccer Hall of Fame. He's uh, uh, part of this new York Nine Football Club. In fact, he's executive vice president, director of soccer development. He's also a sports analyst at sport, for soccer at Sportsnet. And we're going to talk about this exciting new uh, adventure in the Canadian Premier Soccer League, York Nine Football Club. Good morning, Jim. How are you this morning? Good. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Uh, uh, we got this new uh, new soccer club in York Region. Just so that you're aware, Jim, uh, soccer's a passion of mine. Uh, both Naz and I are York Region guys. I work in Vaughan. I live in Richmond Hill. Naz works and lives in Nobleton and Bolton. So we're excited about uh, this new uh, this new York Nine Football Club that was announced this week at Vaughan City Hall. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so it's well the, the, the Canadian Premier League that's uh, that's starting up, and it's, it's uh, next April. It's going coast to coast. Uh, teams are going to be getting announced over the next uh, number of weeks, and we were the first team to to get announced. And uh, you know, when it uh, when it all came to fruition, um, there was a lot of work behind the behind the scenes to to get the right group together to to bring a a team to what we call uh, the the hotbed of soccer in 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 Canada I mean just a, in York region we're at 1.3 million people and we got 55,000 uh members that play the play the game um so we thought you know what we're all, all our uh, our ownership groups all from York region and uh we thought you know there's there's no better place that we want to be and let's let's bring a team a Canadian Premier League team to to the region I think this is fantastic, Jim. And uh, my uh, first of all, our congratulations on uh, on uh, being part of this and uh, putting it together. And uh, certainly, what uh, as as uh, as a resident and uh, having my business in York Region, uh, one thing that stood out for me that I hadn't I hadn't 
personally realize. We obviously, I've been uh, uh, I've been uh, living and working in 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 uh, York Region for 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 a long time. I hadn't realized. You see, of course, the growth that happens, and but we're 1.3 million people, and that's. Uh, you know, I had to take I had to take a step I had to take a step back and said, "My God, we've we've grown to 1.3 million people, and that's a significant." But what I've always thought that you know we don't consider ourselves. Sometimes we're we're in the GTA, uh, we're in the outlying communities. Um, you know, our allegiance is obviously to Toronto. I mean, when we all travel, yeah. with the, people ask where are you from, we always say from, we're from Toronto. So this is yeah. you know, it's this is the first I think. Uh, to a certain extent, um, brand, uh, sporting brand in any event, but something that we can tie ourselves and say, you know what, this is a York region team. This is a York region brand. And, uh, and York region is an important economic unit in the greater Toronto area. It's an important population center. Uh, some dynamic things happening in the Vaughan Metropolitan Center, some dynamic things happening in other uh, in other areas of York Region. So uh, that certainly, uh, you know, we're thrilled about that. And and one of the persons that's, I, I, I presume, has been quite involved in, in helping you guys is a, is a friend of ours here, uh, Mayor Maurizio Bevilacqua. And, I you know, I've personally known Maurizio for a long, long time. And I know his passion for soccer. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how important he's been to this, and how his passion for soccer has helped you guys out. Yeah, you know what? He's a he's an absolute gentleman, and uh, he loves the game. He's a diehard. I mean, there, there was a number of times that we were going in and, and trying to talk business, and we ended up talking soccer for about an hour and a half before we even got into it. He just he loves the game. He's so passionate. Um, but that's a community as well up in in, in Vaughan. I mean, they they uh, they really are passionate soccer people, and uh, um, you know he's been an absolute pleasure to work with. He was really excited, and you know he wanted to to host the event and the launch, and uh, we were more than happy to do so and have it there. And uh, you know the the event went really really well, and uh, Mauricio got up and had a, a wonderful speech, and uh, you know he ended up speaking on behalf of the region. But uh, you're you're right in what you were saying before, you know with uh, with the identity of the region, we we always tend tend to, to gravitate towards Toronto and say, yeah, we're we're from Toronto, and um, we think with with this club. I mean, the one thing that we wanted to do, um, we, we said, you know, how do we create an, an identity for the people in York Region? Um, because wherever we go, we always say, yeah, we're we're from Toronto, um, because we border it and everything that we do. And majority of people they work work down in, in Toronto, and we're always in and out, but. I think, you know, with this club coming now and especially calling York 9 and the 9 represents the 9 municipalities in the region, um, we we're trying to create an identity for, for everybody that's involved and uh, where, where people look at our club and go, you know what, this is our, our local pro club. Around the world, This the game is, is all about the community. It's community-based. If I went to London, England, there's 15 clubs in London. If I go to Italy, um, if I go to Milan, there's eight teams all within that that city. Um, but for some reason in North America, we think, you know, you've got a GTA of, say, 7 million people. Uh, you guys can only have one team. But that's not really community-based. And we looked at it and said, you know what, we, we have to have a community club here, and, and York 9 is going to represent our region and, and the people of the region. Um, but the good thing with this Canadian Premier League, what they're trying to do is they're trying to really make it community-based. Um, and I think you'll see in time the teams that are going to be coming out are 
Uh, you know, there's going to be local clubs. There's going to be some rivalries. There's local derbies, which is absolutely amazing, and it's the way that the game should be. Jim, a uh, question for you. Uh, there's nine teams, correct? Is that right? There's what? There's nine teams in the York region, or uh, teams been set up already? How many teams are in this league? Will we'll be in this? Oh league? yeah, that, that's that's coming out. I oh, can't I can't out. tell you too much. We're we're the first one, but you'll 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 hear in time. There's going to be uh, all the teams will be uh, will be announced. Is this going to be a domestic league only, carrying it's, Canadian yeah, kids? Yeah. Yeah. This this league is is for Canadians by Canadians. Um, you know, we're we're not trying to compete with Major League Soccer. That's that's an American league. We've looked at it and said, you know what, we have to develop our own Canadians, the Canadian players, Canadian coaches, Canadian administrators. Our ownership groups are all Canadian. And with ours, um, you know, our, our coaching staff is all going to be from York Region. Our ownership groups all from York Region. Um, and everybody that's going to be working in the office is all from York Region. Um, so we really want this to be a community club. Uh, we're ta- um, Sorry, Jim. Uh, we're talking to Jim Brennan uh, about the uh, about York Nine, and, and you know what? I should have I should have uh, explained that right at the very beginning of the interview. The nine in in the York Nine Football Club comes from the nine uh, municipalities in the region of York. That's where the nine comes from. That's right. Uh, and and you're going to be part of something called the Canadian Premier Soccer League. So it's going to have teams all across Canada. Yep. Uh, and uh, where do you anticipate that's going to fall? Uh, obviously, we've got Toronto uh, FC, which is, you know, you've got the Jovenkos and the Bradleys and, you know, $25, $30 million budgets. But yep. the Canadian Premier League is, is, is a professional league, and it's going to be highly entertaining soccer. And I believe you're going to start from uh, playing from the York University, uh, uh, the York Lions home field, and then you're, con- you're contemplating building your own stadium. So yep. tell us a little bit about where this league falls in the hierarchy of soccer in Canada, where the players will come from, and tell us about your plans for the stadium. Yeah, so this this league, like like we said before, it's 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 for Canadians by Canadians. And the thing is, we've got the we're putting a bid in, uh, obviously Canada, states, and Mexico to to uh, to get the World World Cup. Um, and we need to have a domestic league, and, and we've got to start developing players to, to get ourselves ready and, and give us a chance to be successful. Um, and this is how this kind of this, this league started started up, and, and everybody working together because we the demands for the sport the sport, and we're the only first uh, first first uh, first world country that doesn't have a have a domestic league. So this is how this all came up. Um, as regards to the the stadium. Hey, I, I, <laughs> so that's my my little guy. He's just come out. He's chasing me down the street. No problem. Uh, we'll we'll let you go. So you got uh, yeah. no. Uh, so the um, uh, and then what we're going to do is we'll we'll play at York University for the first year or so, uh, or for first you know a couple of years um, until where the the time's right when when we can build a stadium. But what we'll do is we'll look to uh, we're going to expand it to about ten thousand ten thousand seats to start off, which uh, is pretty exciting. Anyways, Jim, we've we've. Uh, you know, one thing I noticed is you're really trying to appeal to the youth, and you have this. I, I mean, watch the videos of the opening at uh, at Vaughn City Hall, and you have this uh, supporters group 
called Generation Nine, and uh, and you've got some great great colors: charcoal, gray, electric, green, and black on black. And you feature the nine York municipalities. But this whole uh, this whole uh, marketing campaign around the youth and the supporters and the Generation Nine, obviously, uh, you know, we've got to get uh, we've got to get the young people involved. And uh, the future is all about youth. Tell us about that initiative. Yeah, so I mean, we, it's it's been amazing how uh, how everybody's kind of starting to embrace it, and we've we've had a lot of people reaching out to us um, and the supporter group. They they called up, uh, they wanted to have a meeting. We sat down, we explained everything that we we're doing, the club, and right away they said, "This is exactly what we need. Um, we need a, a local community pro club." Um, and uh, the, the supporter group, they're all from York Region, all from. Vaughn and Markham and Richmond Hill and um, and they went look well we're starting up a group and this is the name we're, we're going to be Generation Nine and and we're going to support this club this is our local pro club and so we were like this is fantastic and we had a few meetings with them and then that was it like the the group's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and as you can see I mean we're, they were there with the flares and uh, everything that first first day when we announced the club. Anyways, we've been talking to Jim Brennan. Jim is the uh, uh, Executive Vice President, Director of Soccer Development for this great new initiative uh, in the Canadian Premier League. It's the York Nine Football Club. Jim, i got to tell you, as a, as, a, as a resident and business owner in York Region, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to uh, coming out and supporting the team and uh, seeing some really great quality soccer in York Region. And uh, let's stay in touch. We certainly would love to chat with you more as uh, as this develops. And uh, all we can say is congratulations. And uh, we, wish, uh, we wish the league and we wish York 9 FC all the best of luck. Look forward to it. Jim. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Jim, congratulations on your career, too. You had a great career in soccer, for sure. Great, Thank you. Great, great Thank work. you very much. Yeah. And, and, Jim, thanks again, and enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks a lot, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys wearing York 9 jerseys. Uh, I certainly, uh, if you want to have a couple delivered to the studio, would be proud to wear them. We'll and, get them down. And we'll even, <laughs> we'll even pay for them. We don't, we, we don't, I'd, I'd be thrilled and honored to wear a York 9 FC jersey. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Jim Brennan. Uh, and you, you brought an, up a very... An, he's an accomplished player, boy. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, this, this guy was the captain of the uh, yep. of a premier team. Yeah, no, no, you, you brought up some very good points, and uh, certainly at some point in time, we'd love to get Jim Brennan back. Uh, hell of obviously, a the team boy, too. Yeah, the thrust of the interview was the new York 9 FC, but you brought, you brought very good points, Naz. He, Jim Brennan was a very, very accomplished soccer yeah, player. Very good uh, played, uh, you know, Newmarket boy, um, you know, played over in England. Played in, you know, Premier, in the Premier League, uh, member of Canada's soccer team. He was a member of Canada's. He's in the Canada Sports Hall of Fame for in two sides as an individual player, and also as part of that great Canadian 2000 Gold Cup team, mm. which uh, which won, uh, which was probably the most significant accomplishment in Canadian soccer history, uh, winning that Gold Cup. So, at, you know, you're you're right to point that out, Naz. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to Jim about that, but uh, he's certainly one of Canada's most accomplished uh, soccer players historically, and uh, certainly and very believe, involved with I, TFC. I believe he was their first captain. First captain and I think first signing as well. Yeah. Uh, so certainly one of uh, one of Canada's most prominent soccer personalities. You see him on TV as well. And you know, at some point in time, we next time we get him back, we want to talk about uh, 
the team, you know, we should uh, take the opportunity to talk about his accomplished career as well. It's very important for soccer development that this league goes domestically for Canada as a team because it's very important to have this. Well, and they haven't had this, and um, yeah, it's very it, very important. You know, I've been, you know, you know, Naz, you know, uh, you know, I've been, I've been a passionate soccer guy since I was five years old. Uh, played some pretty competitive soccer. Uh, in my teens, uh, love the sport. Uh, some of the guys I played with went on to pro careers. We've talked to Carmen Marcantoni on the show. We've talked to Ayarushi on the show. Uh, these are guys I played against. Um, actually, I, I, wake me up is Italy in the world? Italy's not in the World Cup. I'm, I'm still getting over that one. But there's soccer, still, still I, a chance. Eh? Yeah, and soccer, yeah. you know, and. Uh, we, yeah, just another minute on this because I want to go back to leave. Soccer, I think, is about to accomplish a breakthrough in Canada. I've seen it. I've seen the accomplishments. I've seen the style of play in, of the Canadian national soccer team. They're playing a much more world-class type of soccer. Uh, the talent level that's coming up, I went to see the... Uh, the uh, TFC under-17 team play against Juventus uh, under-17 back in Vaughan at the, uh, the Ontario Soccer Centre last summer, and I was amazed at the quality. Now, we produce, and this is, this is part of the... De- and you have to have development programs. You have to teach... The, you have to take the best players, and, and you have to have a, a process for them to progress. So, and, and, and I think... And you have to have good coaching. You know, world-class players just don't show up. I mean, you look at what Barcelona does and what the top European teams do. You know, Messi was signed by Barcelona at the age of 12 or 13, and he was developed there. If you, if you don't put a Messi in that type of program, they don't develop all on their own. So these are, these are incredibly important initiatives for Canadian soccer. And, you know, and I applaud the local business people like, and, you know, it's not a secret. The, the gentleman that was mentioned is Carlo Baldassara, who's, you know, uh, a prominent uh, businessman in the, in the city of Vaughan, Green Park Homes and so many other things. And he's a passionate soccer fan. And I'm thrilled to see he's putting his, you know, his money uh, to, 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 to develop soccer. Um, because there's so many passionate soccer fans in Canada, and we, we tend to look across the ocean, and, 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 and we look at TFC. But you don't get to TFC, you know, unless you have something in between. And this is, this is filling uh, – and, and, and having said that, it's, it's going to be some great soccer. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talented soccer players in Canada. So, you know, God bless them. We wish them all the best. We want to be part of this. We want to talk about it. And, you know, I'd love to see the day where Canada's back in the World Cup. And it, you know, it may happen in 2026 because we may be one of the host countries. Uh, but we want to be, if we're in the World Cup in 2026, we want to be competitive. We want to have a good team. We want to play world-class soccer. That's what I want to see for Canadian soccer. And having, above and beyond that, that's one of my uh, lo- things I love to see. I also love to see the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup Finals at some point in time. Let's, let's, Let, let's go, back. go back. Let's go back to the Leafs. And let's go back about a specific topic. Um, John Tavares. Um, Kyle Dubas is the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's the Tavares issue. There's a Mark Hunter issue. Naz, I'll turn it over to you. Mark Hunter, I think, will be cleared up, and he'll stay with the Leafs. I think that that's a relationship. I hope, I hope to see that. I think Shannon and, and uh, Mark uh, have a good relationship, so we'll, they'll be okay there. Tavares has a better chance coming to the Leafs now that Lou Lamarillo is going to the Islanders, it looks like. And uh, uh, it's funny. Why would you say that? Well, 
the, the players today, there was a lot of rules and regulations with the lease. And, uh, I mean, the beards, the, the, the beards facial hair, that not... Stuff, <laughs> that, that, that stuff is, go, is gone. You, see, you were saying that... Well, uh, that's, you know, they would talk about the difference the between the youth age, and, yeah. and, and old age. And you know what? It's like, and this is the whole Bob Cole issue. It, it's, it's like, at, you know, at a certain point, and I, I want to turn it over to you really quickly, Nez. Um, certain point, the, 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 the older, the more senior, whatever you want to call it, because we're in that group too, Nez. You know, you got to give way for the young, young people. You got to give way for young ideas, different way of doing things. The world changes. It doesn't stay the same. The Leafs, back when the Lamarillo was signed, uh, what, what happened with the Leafs team? If you really look at it... You're they, not a they, big Lamarillo fan, no, are no, you? No, no, I, I'm yeah. not really. Okay. They signed, uh, they uh, drafted Austin Matthews. Oh, that was difficult to do, right? It was a very that's difficult Burke, thing. That's what Berkey used to say about Pittsburgh. Very difficult yeah. to do. Mitch Marner. Oh, who drafted him? Was it Mark uh, Hunter, right? London Night Connection. London Night Connection. So all these things fell into place for the Leafs. And I'm a big Leaf fan, as everybody knows, but they fell into place. And what did really Lula Amarillo have to do with it? Really? Uh, was he part of clearing up the, the FNUF salary and he all cleared that? Up the he cleared salary. up some. He cleared up some, he got some salary dumps that people thought, thought Trade was. Trade Phil Kessel for what? Kapanen. <laughs> Kapanen's a pretty good player. But, but he's not Phil, Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel was... A really good hockey player here, and he he could have played under this regime for sure. Uh, I mean, you imagine Phil Kessel on Austin Matthews' wing. I mean, yeah, I mean the, that tra- trading Phil Kessel, and uh, there's a couple of aspects to that. It was the culture thing. I know you hate that word, Naz. <laughs> um, and it was a salary, and they feel they felt like they needed to. Fanuf and Kessel were tying up a lot of salary that you know if they needed to get rid of it, so we can got some money for. Matthews, Nylander, and um, and uh, Marner, but uh, you know the other thing about Lamorello, uh, yeah, he, he didn't he didn't turn things upside down here. His I, probably his most significant moves were the people who left rather than the people who came in, uh, and you know he's got some flexibility, um, and he didn't he didn't you know and he was tight with he was tight with the. You know, with the pen, uh, he wasn't going to throw money around stupidly like a lot of the other GMs in the league. And for good, for bad, or for worse, you know what? In, in today's NHL, um, I don't think you're going to get to the top of the mountain uh, without taking certain risks. Uh, his biggest risk, as far as I could tell, was Marlowe at six million. Anything? It was anything no, earth-shattering no, no, other than no, Patrick Marlowe? No, no, no. I, I think the the bigger part about, and we've only got a minute left, and I know I want to turn it over to you, Naz, for last words. I, I think the biggest thing about the Lou Lamorello area, era in Toronto was not necessarily what he did, but uh, he, stable, he was part of turning the franchise around, and he was. Uh, between him, Shanahan, Dubas, and Hunter, they put a new stamp on this franchise, they, they and I and I find it in my dealings when we call down an MLSC. They they are professionals. They're running it like a professional organization, and ultimately that may be where Lou Lamorello turned this turned this ship around. Naz, we got thirty seconds left. I'll let you uh, take it over. Well, um, I don't know about taking it, <laughs> guiding the ship. That's for yeah. sure. 
We disagree on that. We'll talk about it. Okay. Next week, okay? <laughs> it's, too, it's too bad we haven't. Just like have any to more wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day and uh, enjoy yourself today. Uh, certainly, uh, on uh, my wishes as well to all the mothers. Have a fantastic day. Uh, we'll be back again next Sunday morning. Have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air and The Garden Show.